Welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabelle Graham. Today I'm in dialogue with Sarah Shankovich, who is a qualified coach and an emotional freedom technique practitioner at Clearwater Coach. Sarah supports frazzled and stressed out professionals who are feeling anxious, facing burnout, or desiring a lifestyle change. And she works with individuals and employees who may be feeling constantly stressed, overwhelmed, unproductive, unmotivated, and unfulfilled in their career and lives. Sarah enables them to feel calmer, more focused, confident, and more connected with their inner wisdom and truth. Going beyond simply managing stress, Sarah offers a mind, body, and energetic way for clients to make deeper changes and develop long-lasting resilience. Clients are invited to create their ideal vision for their life and achieve it by consistently taking focused action towards it. Sarah, welcome to The Being Leader. Thank you for having me. So in the last few episodes, we've been talking about varying aspects of being as leaders and professionals, you know, really starting the conversations to get people to reflect about how they can step back, find more balance in their lives and notice what's going on for them physically and emotionally, as well as cognitively, and really become more tuned into themselves and be more self-aware. So I'd be really interested to hear from you, you know, Give me a little bit of an understanding about your background and what you do and, and how that works with your clients, and your business. Yeah, so I would probably say I'm a bit of both, a bit of a being leader and a doing leader. Um, and it's been interesting listening to the podcast and kind of thinking about those things and asking myself, well, which style do I have? So I really work on that big picture stuff, you know, creating the ideal vision um, you know, who do you want to be, what your values are, but then bringing that into action. So then, well, how does that affect what you do? So I will work with um, individuals or business owners. Um, and often I find that there's a lot of that distraction of the noise and the chaos of life or um, things in the background that are affecting productivity. So creating that, that space really to unpick all of that noise and all of those distractions and we get stuck on a hamster wheel don't we of like oh I, this is just what I do and this is this is how life is but that taking that step back and saying well how would I like it to be and what do I need to do to move more towards that. Yeah, how did you get into this whole coaching thing in the first place and what drew you to the different tools and techniques that you work with? So it goes back quite a long way. Um, I I'm an avid reader, total bookworm. And I remember, you know, probably at the age of about 19, um, getting a book called Be Your Own Life Coach. And that was my first introduction to coaching. So before that, I'd um, started learning about psychology. I started at um, A-level. I didn't quite finish. I moved to London. But I was still reading lots of um, spiritual development books, personal development books. And I realized at that point that I loved coaching that it's looking forward it's about taking action and and the things that you want to to bring into your life um but at the time I was working um my corporate career so I started out as the post girl um and because I love networking I met lots of people and I was always you know on the social teams and the sports teams and bringing everyone together and knew everyone and um I loved I loved that side of it um, and, you know, over the years, developed my career and became, um, you know, facilities supervisor and 
um, HR coordinator, marketing, you know, worked in all different areas of the business. I've got a really good understanding, um, but bringing that, um, the processes, the procedures, making things efficient, love systems, love a spreadsheet. Um, and then I became, um, you know, I got married, had became a mom and did all that. And then I decided that I really wanted to do the coaching. I trained as a coach, um, but I also had all this system stuff that I wanted to do. So um, creating the, the blend of being able to bring all of that mindset, spiritual development, coaching um, with the, the practical day to day running, um, running side of it and blending them both. Absolutely. And listening to you, I, I'm, I'm sort of reflecting on my journey because obviously I, I, I worked in one, in one area, I worked in retail, but I equally went, I think, around every department at some point in my career. The only one I've not worked in is finance. Um, and not, that's because, not that I don't love them, I, I equally, like you, love a spreadsheet. But, but that breadth can be really, really useful when you're working with people, though yeah. I, I find sometimes you do get that little look of, is there no way you've not worked? <laughs> But it, for me personally, it's, it's an absolute jack of all trades, definitely master of none. So I said in your introduction, you were um, an emotional um, freedom technique practitioner. And I'm conscious some people will go, I have no clue what that is. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I first heard of it. My friend um, had done a course and introduced it to me in the kitchen. And she started tapping on um, her head and her face, and she was saying, "This is amazing. You've got to hear about this. You've got to try it." And I just <laughs> initially just wrote it off because I thought, "Okay, that looks a bit strange," um, and kind of dismissed it really, um, if I'm honest. Um, but I've always loved energy work. You know, I've always loved an acupuncture treatment or reflexology. You now I love working with energy in my own sort of health um and so it got me curious anyway so i started watching youtube videos because there's lots of information on youtube and you can kind of tap along and i got tapping on this one video and i just had this real emotional release uh, this stuff came out that i i didn't even know i was holding you know i'd um you know lots of tears i had this real physical sensation around my heart and I was you know that really made me think wow there's something in this there's something really powerful and as I started kind of tapping more and reading more about it I saw the potential in my coaching practice because I know coaching is really powerful and it creates that clarity um, but and it's all about looking forward but I found with some of my clients there was stuff in the past that was really holding them back and I wanted to be able to have a tool that we could clear that stuff quite quickly, safely um, with um, and just, you know, bring that bring that clarity to another dimension, if that makes sense. You know, it's just a whole different way of of getting to the same result. And I've had clients say to me who, you know, have had experience with different therapies and different they've had coaches and, you know, they said that I they were really surprised at how quickly they got to the realizations and the insights they had through tapping that they didn't think they would have if they'd have just spoken around it, you know. So it can be a really quick way of shifting, shifting those blocks that are probably from the, you know, from the past that are no longer relevant. You know, these stories that we make up and they don't serve us anymore. It's a great way to just shift those so you can crack on. <laughs> 
Fascinating. And is this something that do people come for it specifically or are they quite open to that that technique when you're working with them because I can imagine you know if I'm sitting talking to some of the the delegates I work with the leaders I work with um and and they look at me oddly when I get them to stand in odd places of the room and sort of tap into how do you feel about it and you can see this face going it's Annabelle doing weird stuff again (laughs) (laughs) randomly they go with it so I'm not knocking it but do you find there's quite an easy acceptance of that Sometimes, um, and sometimes there is resistance, and I sometimes it takes a bit of time to sort of warm up to that point, um, especially in organisations where people aren't always as used to that way of working. Um, and I think NLP can be a bit like that sometimes. You know, when you talk about timelines and states and getting up using the space, I absolutely love that kind of thing um but for some people they're you know especially if they're used to being quite sedentary it's not the norm um i remember years ago having a load of training um with actors in industry and that their style is very much role play and you know you could see people were like really uncomfortable with it but i'm you know always up for it. <laughs> i know the world hates role play without a passion <laughs> I find yeah. it's, it's really interesting when you're running uh, development workshops and you, you, you sort of avoid role play because everyone goes, ah, people don't like role play. I hate role play. And then you get the feedback sheets and they say it's the best thing that they've done in the whole course, which is random. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, when I've been in organisations where, you know, I've done a tapping demonstration on a wellbeing day or I've worked with a client who's, you know, having difficulties, um, most people are up for it. And what I found is that it really helps to reduce their stress, some of that background stuff that may not be really what's, um, you know, going on in their workplace, but, you know, they've got an argument with their neighbour over parking or, you know, there's, there's something going on in their family that's causing them a lot of stress that's being, you know, it's distracting them. You know, I've had a few examples where we've, we've done some tapping and we've cleared that out the way and then they've gone off for the afternoon and they feel really focused. They can just get on with what they want to do. And, you know, when you've got a stress from the outside world coming in and then you've got the stress of not performing, that adds to the stress and then it, it can kind of compound. So just being able to have those simple tools that, you know, you could do, you could go off and do it in, you know, in the bathroom, no one has to know, you could sit in the cubicle, do a few rounds of tapping, um, and you can also just use your fingers, so nobody has to know, so I, I always teach a few subtle ones that people can access, it doesn't look as obvious, but, you know, if that isn't accessible, or it just feels, you know, a bit of a stretch, simply just using your breath, you know, is such a wonderful way to change your state, get back into that relaxed state of being and I think that is one of the main things with tapping is that it helps to calm down that stress response Um, and that is always so useful to be able to know. Absolutely the last episode that um, I've just done on was really around about reflection you know when we take that time out and it's been interesting with what's obviously been going on over the last few months where for a a lot of people it's the first time in a long time they've actually had that sort of pause you know to be able to go what's going on for me and is this what I really want and and I think that busyness you know we're, we're all very good at the doing bit you know we're, we're, as you said I'm, I'm a bit of both and and I definitely recognize that I can I can you know churn through a lot of stuff at the time but actually if there isn't that sort of pre-planned timing where you can press pause you know whether it's 
going to the gym, taking some time out or whatever it may be, then you don't get that time to sort of really think and reflect and, and, and take that time. And, and coming back to the breath is so often the thing. You know, I've lost count of the type of times I've sat with people in, in sessions and just gone, breathe. Because you can hear everything's tumbling out at such a high speed and you just want them to calm down and then speak a little bit more calmly. Yeah, and that's how tapping can be really helpful. You know, it can be a great one to start off the session and say, right, tell me everything and then let's let's leave that there and now let's do what we're here to do. But it's quite funny because I was listening to the podcast um, and I went for a walk and um, there was a dog so there was a field and then a bit of a path and the, there was a dog sat there and the, the owner was kind of tugging on like come on let's go and I was walking up um sort of like a tea and um the dog was like no I'm just going to sit here because I want to say hello to this person and it really struck me that this dog was just being it was just being in the moment it was looking at this beautiful um view and you know it was absolutely gorgeous in the middle of a field and then <laughs> the owner was like doing no we are going for a walk and this is where we're going we're on our way and the dog was like let's just be <laughs> I just thought it was you know that's how we are isn't it we've, we've got this thing to do and how often do we allow ourselves to just be in the moment appreciate the view or take a breath or say like what do I need right now um it's yeah it's a really interesting way to start thinking about how you're being in the day and what what that gives you and that's such a funny image that you you brought up of the dog and I'm looking at the two who are sat on the floor next to me currently thinking yes that would be my morning when I'm up against a timeline and the Labrador is sniffing going but no this is my walk <laughs> I'm just going to take time out so when you're working with um, professionals with business owners how do you find that understanding of both what's going on for them cognitively, you know, how they're processing things, but also what's going on with them from an energy point of view is useful to be able to help them to move forward? I think we, we carry a lot of stuff with us, don't we? And often we're so used to being in thinking mode. I saw that, what's that TED talk when he talks about creativity and he says that academics just think that their bodies are vehicles to carry their brain around to meetings and I thought that was so funny because we we're so we're so used to just thinking all the time and what, what tapping can do is really help you to get out of that that kind of logical part of you that says well logically this is what's possible and logically this is what I should do based on the information that I've got right now but when you can take a step back from that and almost just put yourself in a, a space of limitless possibility, it's a much more creative space. And tapping can really help you to get into that healing state. Because if you're stressed or if you're, um, you know, you've got a stress response, fight, flight or freeze running all the time, physically, you're it's impossible for you to start doing that dreaming and being creative because you know fundamentally what you're trying to do is survive you're trying to get through and whether that looks like just get through the day just get through the task list 
just do all the things that you've promised that you would do because you, you can't say no. <laughs> and you know, all of that stuff that everyday life just sort of puts on you and all the all the ways of being that have accumulated in that because of the things that you've been told, like ways of behaving and your conditioning. When you can step away from that and say, if I could rewrite the rules for my life, or if I could design my ideal lifestyle, or if I could pick any career that really lights my fire and do the things that make me feel passionate and joyful, that's, that's where life can get exciting and interesting. And we don't always allow ourselves the space or don't know how to access the space to be able to do that. But you first got to process the stress and put that somewhere to be able to then get into that creative state because it is definitely how your your mind is functioning in those different ways of being so there's that a piece in some ways of parking and and moving up moving away from what's going on from that point of view but moving towards actually what we want to maybe want to have or haven't thought about having because sometimes doing that limitless possibility and I'm really fond of the, the Benjamin Zander quote about, you know, when we live in the measurement world, we're always running by goals and I'm paraphrasing. Um, but actually in the world of possibility, you know, ideas become limitless. And actually that's such a sometimes overwhelming concept. So when you're getting people to think around that and actually then then move from. So this is the possibility. This is the vision. How do I now need to get that to be a more concrete reality? What does that look like? Well, that's when the resistance comes, doesn't it? <laughs> that's when that, well, I, I can't because, or yes, but um, that's not going to happen because, you know, in all different manner of, of things like, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not confident enough, those kind of things, or I don't have the resources or, um, you know, it's just physically impossible. So, that's where another where tapping can come in because it 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 kind of removes those those programmed responses of why I can't and it allows you to think in different ways and coaching coaching can do that but I feel um you know having worked with EFT it just brings a different element to it it just brings a different perspective yeah and I was I was uh, laughing when you said that's when we get all of the resistance because it's uh there's the chat the trans theoretical model of change prochaska and de clementi's model which is great because you've got this stage called pre-contemplation oh i'm just going to think about doing it i'm not really sure whether i want to and the amount of people who get stuck in pre-contemplation which is when we write the, the action plan down and go well we've done the action plan look it's pretty here and i <laughs> that always makes me laugh because i want to see mine with tea stains and coffee stains where people have actually had it out and done something and ripped it up and gone well that was rubbish it didn't work we're going to change it because that means there's action taking forward and 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 often the biggest thing that's that is holding people back is that fear not necessarily fear of you know as you said you know i can't do it or i won't do it or i don't have this resource or i, I might look after whatever it may be but it's it's that fear of well if it all changes then what people aren't always open to that so how how do you get them in that readiness state to be able to say actually yeah this is okay so yeah and it's who am I becoming isn't it 
Who, you know, who do I have to big word? (laughs) Yeah. Who do I have to be in order for that to be a reality? Not just what action steps do I have to do, but what kind of person am I going to turn into? And is that acceptable (laughs) for my current social circle or the the family dynamics that I have or the the type of organization I work in? And, you know, those are some of those, those things where it comes back down to that survival. You know, do I still belong? Am I still going to be safe if I take those steps? So it's about finding ways forward that it's kind of choose your hard, isn't it? It's hard to either stay in a box that you don't fit in anymore and it's hard to venture out alone. But the beautiful thing is that there are other people like you on the other side of this bridge that you want to cross to this amazing place you want to be. And you start finding there are, you know, new social circles and, you know, your family are okay. And, you know, those kinds of things that make it feel more possible. But you can't always know that from a standing start. You have to start walking through. And it's really about breaking down that journey into those baby steps. I was on a coaching call yesterday and this lady was saying, oh, you know, I, I can't, I don't have this big vision. And it's, all of these really big things I kind of don't really want anyway but I feel like I should be saying them because that's the the big vision so I said well what about the little things you know what are the little things that you can check off along the way and then it became so much more possible in her eyes because it's not always these giant leaps of you know when I get there that's going to feel so different from where I am now well what's the first step what's the mid step you know what's the baby step and and then it becomes like oh I've got momentum now because that's doable I'm okay to have it at that level but then as you carry on through time and you keep going in that direction those those things that did feel big they just become the obvious next step so it's just it's less jarring when you can break it down and tapping can really help with that as well because it takes this you know this big abstract thing and just, you know, as you're going through, it just, it really helps to break it down and make it feel much more simple. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say about that big picture, because I think often we, we pose those questions, whether it be, you know, in our role as coaches or in a, as a line manager in a workplace. And we say, you know, where do you want to be in five years time? Or, you know, what's your big career goal? And it's just too big. I mean, one of the big, the, the best questions is, so what development do you need? And that's just like blowing people's minds because they just can't get it. But if you go, what's great, you know, what do you love and what's rubbish now and what's the bit in the middle that's missing? They're simple questions. People can answer that. And, and, and I love it, exactly. I to- totally agree about the micro goals um, because when it is that big overwhelming thing and we can't break it down, we beat ourselves up when we don't do the big things. You know, because we've never made a start on it because it's got to be perfect, where actually is if it's tiny, that marginal gains factor really, really t- uh, uh, kicks in as we move forward with bits. So I'm sure I was reading something on your, your website where it, actually being in that readiness state allows us to be open to what's coming. And this piece around law of attraction, you know, and, and how we actually open ourselves to that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. So I absolutely love Law of Attraction. If you've read, um, what is it, Psycho-Cybernetics, you know, that's quite a, um, a Law of Attraction kind of book, but it's for 
I'd say for scientists. <laughs> That's law of attraction for scientists. And it's talking about your, your reticular activating system and what you focus on is what comes to you. And so law of attraction, I think, can look a bit sort of spiritual and, and it can be, but you can be non-spiritual and don't have to have a faith for it to be able to work for you. So it depends where you're coming from and you don't have to just write it off if you're not spiritual. So I want to kind of say that because it's not for people think it might not be for everyone, but really it's about saying, what is it that you want to manifest or what is it you want to what goal do you want to work towards and how can how will you feel when you get there so it's really into the state of it you know you can get into that real nlp way you know real look feel sound you know use all your senses what's going to be true for you when that happens and then you're activating your brain to be able to look for opportunities or um, you're opening up you've got less resistance for that to come into your life so for example it happened to me today um, I sold some tickets and we want to put some lawn down in our garden so I said right oh Slavi I've, I've sold the tickets um, that should be enough for the turf <laughs> and he said no it's a little bit more than that so I said oh well I'll need to make this much then and then as we've been on this call another ticket was sold and that's how much we've made so we can turf the garden so I could call that law of attraction and I kind of believe it is because I was just you know I had no resistance to that and I was totally open for us to visualize the the turf on the lawn and you know so you can make it as creative or as spiritual and storytelling as you like or it could just be you know very logical and I, I've, I've written this goal down we all know if you write your goals down it's more likely to happen similar thing at play you know I've written it down this is you know and I've logically worked out how many tickets I need to sell and then I've worked out how much action I need to take and you know you can do it either way but I really like doing it in the 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 sensory way because it feels magical it feels um abundant and it's exciting I love that I, I love I love that piece around you know and it's so practical as you said around what what's happened today and and you've just added to my Amazon reading list cybernetics and I'm there you know just out of a bit of interest but I think it's it it strikes me just listening to you talk about law of attraction the way that you talked about it it reminded me that an awful lot of people say oh well it was just luck that I got it which in some ways is a, is a similar type of thing because it's like well Yes, okay, luck does exist, but it's actually very rare because invariably it's about preparedness and opportunity coming together. And that manifestation, that thinking about how I need to be, what I need to do, is that really that state of preparedness, of, of understanding what is it that I need to have in place? Because when opportunities come, if we haven't got the right skill, if we're not prepared, if we're not in the right mindset, we don't want to do it, we're not going to take the opportunity up. So the luck isn't going to happen in the first place. So they can, you, you could rename it if that, if that sits better for you. <laughs> um, if you're sitting listening to this going, mm, not sure about that. Because actually they're very, very similar. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. It's about being, it's also about being open to that opportunity that comes up irrespective of whether it was what you planned it to be and just seeing where it goes and that can be 
that can be quite scary for people to be quite that free in their thought process or flexible in their thought process. Yeah, and it is that harmony of being and doing. You know, you, you do the work, you set it up, you know, nobody would have found that that link if I hadn't sent it out. <laughs> um, but I was open to whoever wanted to buy the ticket. But, you know, there people say it's not just about sitting and wishing for checks. Now, I have manifested random checks in the post just as a sort of little game. Um, so you can, you know, you can have fun with it as well. But for those people who you know who that's a bit of a step too far it is about that co-creation you know you have to show up for that luck if you want to call it to come in um but yeah you have to do the work yeah and I think that's interesting you know when people go I didn't get the promotion I didn't get the role I wanted it's like well you sort of have to be acting in the behavior of how you need to be in the role not how you are now for people to even think you're capable of it you know, so it is that showing up in the right way and working out what's not in alignment. If I look at where I want to be and where I am now, what's not congruent? What needs to be different? Because people don't get triggered, that attraction trigger for them to go, actually, yes, it's that person I need or it's that piece I want, isn't going to be there if the conditions aren't right. So if we've got people listening now who are thinking about, you know, how can I take advantage of some of this or find out more about this or start, you know, bringing this energy work or embodiment work into, you know, my life to be able to make that more effective. What would you suggest to them? Uh, get curious, <laughs> follow the threads, follow the curiosity, you know, take some of these keywords and, you know, go and do some research. I've written quite a few, um, LinkedIn articles, I've, there's a resource on my website that takes you through a tapping demonstration and you know have a go. I, my biggest advice is from a bookworm, <laughs> it's not just about reading the books, it's about implementing, taking action, feeling okay to get it wrong, making mistakes, you know imperfect action um, and having a go and getting used to doing your own exploration and I think this comes again to this being we're we constantly bombarded with advice and other people's expectations and how they think you should do it and what pathway they recommend you take and this success blueprint that's you know the fast track to this um, and you know really focused on on outcomes but you know follow your curiosity and see where that leads is my advice fabulous and if people were looking for a resource to find out more about eft what where would they go for that so if you go to clearwatercoach.co.uk there's a free stuff um tab and then i've got a video where there's a demonstration and there's a um a one pager that you can print out as well um so it's really simple but definitely tap along don't just watch the video tap along Excellent. I shall, I shall go and check it out afterwards. And for those of you listening, we'll pop that in the show notes page. So if you want to capture that, if you haven't had time to write it down, if you've been out and about, then you can pick it up there. So Sarah, I want to say thank you for, for joining us today and for sharing all of the insight that you've shared. Um, this has been The Being Leader. I'm Annabelle Graham of Successful Training, and I've been in dialogue with Sarah Shankovich um, of Clearwater Coach. And we'll hope to see you on future episodes. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader.